Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? It's Jason Webb. I am in Big Lake, Minnesota, sitting in a fine facility by the name of AccuCraft Fireplace Systems. Across from me is the CEO, Chris Maxson. How you doing, Chris? Doing great. How are you? Good, thank you. And the beautiful Melanie is co-hosting with me again today. How you doing, Melanie? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. Well, of course, anytime. And, uh, you know, a really cool thing happened to me when I walked into here. And uh, Chris handed me this big maroon uh, book, uh, leather-covered. It looks like, you know, the University of Minnesota has, like, uh, gold embossed print on it, and it's titled Men of Minnesota. Now, guess what? Way back when, Ralph Maxson, the grandfather of Chris, had this idea of, hey, I think I should uh, interview the movers and shakers and business leaders of Minnesota. I think that'd be a good idea. And uh, create a publication and have this big dinner, this, this fancy gala Gala? Did I say that right? Gala. Gala. Gala? See, that's how fancy I am. You You fancy. (laughs) I can't even say the damn word right, you know? Uh, Okay, so he had this big dinner, invite the people that he interviewed to come to the dinner, and uh, yeah, great idea. Modern day. It's no longer called Men of Minnesota. It's called the Minnesota Made Podcast, and here we are. Chris, thank you for sharing that story with me. So did I? Did I? Did I do it justice? Did you I did it justice? Yeah. We so. just need to have a gala now, a Minnesota gala. Made Podcast gala. Gala. Yeah. I got to say that three more times. Gala, gala, gala. Yeah. Okay. So AccuCraft. Now, listen, guys. If you can imagine the most beautiful fireplace you've ever seen in your life. Maybe it's probably, I mean, for me, it'd probably be like at a fancy hotel or something like that. And it doesn't matter if it's wood burning. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's gas. It doesn't matter if it's indoor or outdoor. It doesn't matter if it's residential or commercial. AccuCraft has you covered. Is that right, Chris? That is right. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the history. You know, it, it it's interesting to me how this business got its start in the mid-70s. And uh, before I screw up another word, I'm just going to let you take it from here, Chris. Tell us a little bit about the history of AccuCraft. So in the mid-1970s, our founder, Roger Hansen, an engineer, wanted to build himself a fireplace that he was not able to find anywhere else out on the market. So he designed and built a fireplace for himself that would heat his 4,000-square-foot home with loading wood only once or twice a day. So it was really efficient. And that took off with many of his friends asking for a similar fireplace. So he started building those in his garage. And then in 1979, he actually incorporated and then he started distributing those fireplaces nationwide. Wow. So this guy is like a Einstein of fireplaces. He figured out a way to increase the efficiency of a fireplace to make it easier to heat your home, cost less money. The, the oil oil at the time was going up in price and people just thought it was a great idea to heat your home with wood. And did he start in Minnesota then? He did, right down the street here in Big Lake. Okay, well, what a great place to start a fireplace company to create heat in Minnesota. You wouldn't want to do that in Arizona. No, it gets cold here, right? (laughs) We're serious about heat and efficiencies, right? In Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're talking a little bit about my history of wood-burning stoves as a child, as long as I can remember, man. So way back, I would say I was probably second grade when I started helping my dad cut and split wood. And that's how we heated our home 
all winter, which meant we cut down a lot of dead trees. We split a lot of wood and we would make a small mountain of wood every fall. And sure enough, by springtime, that mountain was gone. And you complimented me on my bulging biceps and broad shoulders from splitting all that wood. And I appreciate that, Chris, but <laughs> no offense. It sucked, man. It, it, it sucked. And sure enough, I moved out. And shortly thereafter, they converted to propane. Right. How convenient. But it made you the man you are today. Yes. Right? And when yes. I was complimenting you, it wasn't on your physique. It was on your grit. But, <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> but obviously. You said one thing, I took it another. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. I, you know, I get it. I get you it. know, but the, the, the feeling of, of wood heat and, and having that in your home is something that people are looking to reconnect with. Yeah. You know, to be yeah, able to reconnect it. those memories that yeah. you had as a child, to be able to have in a new home or a cabin. Yeah. Um, so we're seeing a resurgence in wood burning, which is really neat yeah you know i I, this makes me think of another company that kind of goes along the same lines if you if there's ways to make wood burning stoves more efficient i'm sure you guys are all over that there is another company i interviewed by the name of t stud who has this framing lumber engineered in a certain way to increase the r value of the of the walls i'm gonna screw up the percentage but making it makes the house much more energy efficient and i don't know you two should talk. I think you two should talk. So if you can build a house that's much more energy efficient and put in one of your fine wood-burning fireplaces or wood sto- wood stoves, man, you're set. And that's then we could get Elon involved, and he could put some <laughs> uh, uh, some solar panel shingles uh, on the roof to generate some energy. And uh, we're just one big happy family. We are, but I just want to challenge you a little bit, Jason, <laughs> because the most renewable energy in the world is wood burning. It is. Right? Because you look at solar, you need batteries, you know, all these oh, other yeah. items that are not renewable. Yeah. So you were way ahead of the curve with this wood because the wood you were cutting was going to rot. <laughs> yeah. Unless you burned it efficiently. True. It right? gone to waste. So it was going to, and the, and the rotting was going to emit carbon yep. on its own. So you grabbed that wood, you harvested that wood before it did that, and then yeah. you burned it efficiently inside of your home, which yeah. it is the most renewable energy source, and it's local. It doesn't yeah. require any transportation to bring mm. that wood to your home. Good point. So you're ahead of the curve again. Did you hear that, Sherry and Conrad? You yeah. guys were ahead of the green curve. Yeah. Elon has nothing on me. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, Chris. So you're from Plymouth, Minnesota, and uh, that's where you grew up, right? Yep. Okay. Hometown boy, Minnesota made. How did this Plymouth, Minnesota child, you know, what, what, what was your upbringing like, and what landed you in the King's Chair, the CEO of AccuCraft Fireplace Systems here in Big Lake. Did you like to play with fire a lot? I did. Uh, I did, actually. I can <laughs> really? ask my mom. I, yeah, I've always loved the fire aspect. It, whether it's inside or outside, we always had those bonfires. But I grew up the son of an entrepreneur. In fact, we have had either from uh, either a manufacturing or a construction business, my family's um, had one in Minnesota since I think the 1860s. So this entrepreneurship and made in Minnesota is really in our blood. It's who I am. And so from a very early age, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. So my father challenged me and he said, go out and try to find and learn as much as you can and then come back and then work for somebody else for five years. And then I will sponsor you to buy your own small business. So I went to college in New Hampshire 
And then from there, I went and I studied business in England for a year. And then I got to work in Japan wow. for Toyota and really learned manufacturing there. And at that time, the just-in-time thing was really taken off. So that was really neat experience for me to be able to do that. And then I came back here and I worked for just a world-class company, Horton Manufacturing. Oh, okay. And um, still based, you know, in Minnesota and mm -hmm. just a wonderful company that does a lot for the community. So that was just a great place for me to really learn and cut my teeth in the manufacturing. But at that time... When I completed my five years, I said, okay, dad, I'm ready. Mm. And he's like, okay, you've got to ask a series of questions. You know, it's not like what type of business. It's, it's where do you want to be? Where do you see the industries going? Mm. So pick one or two industries that are going to grow for the next 10 years and wow, then determine smart. what you're going to do that's going to be different. Mm. Right? What yeah. are your differentiators going to yeah, yeah, be? Yeah. So at that time, I researched all different industries, and I found that construction in the mid-90s um, was going to continue to grow for the next 10 years. We had a demand issue, that, so I really was able to focus a lot on construction, which I yeah. really enjoyed. And then from there, I figured I needed to come up with a differentiator that I was really passionate about, and that was direct. Okay. And at that time, it was just getting started. So Michael Dell and others were manufactured direct to end user. And that really got me excited. Yeah. When I purchased a computer from Michael Dell that I couldn't find anywhere else at Best Buy or um, the other. And it was custom to you, his custom computer. Made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a custom server made to me, yeah. you know, made just for me. And I gave him my credit card over the phone to say, you know, it's catalog days yeah. and all that. So I gave him my, my credit card over the phone. And I was so excited about that purchase because I could. I couldn't find this computer anywhere else. Yeah. And they were going to ship it to me in approximately five or six weeks. And I remember thinking to myself going, this model is going to change the world. Yeah, pretty awesome. Because, I mean, they took my order. They received my money before they even started building it. Mm. So they had it. They built it. They shipped it to me. It's unique to me. Mm -hmm. And then they have to pay their suppliers 30 or 60 days later. So just the, from a cash flow perspective, but most importantly, to really be connected to your customers, yeah. to really find out what they're looking for, which is really challenging when you've got layers of distribution. Yeah. So I, that's one thing I looked at. I said, well, gosh, maybe we should manufacture products in the construction field and then and sell direct. Yeah. And then a business broker that I was working with, one of the businesses he had for sale was AccuCraft and Big Lake. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Uh, there's a lot I want to talk about right there. So let me, <laughs> let me rewind. I think you said that you have a family history of entrepreneurship. That, that's pretty unique. Uh, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, so my um, grandfather you referenced earlier, he had a, a structural steel company, a foundry. Um, he was an inventor as well, so he invented all different types of products and came up with the record. It was called... Don't ask me. I can't even say Gala. <laughs> Gala. <laughs> it, 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 it taught blind people how to read Braille. Oh. So that's how he bought a record company, and then he oh, so wow. and then he patented that whole process to teach blind people how to read Braille. And I can't for, it's uh, like a name's escaping me, but instructional like audio series on how to learn how to read Braille. So he would go around and see these different types of problems, and that would be one thing. And he goes, well, "I can solve that." Yeah. Just, you know, you, you know. So they he just, wasn't blind, or he no. wasn't blind. So no. he just had a friend who was, whose son okay. was, and so he goes, "We well, just, we're just gonna, we'll make records." So he hired a record company, and then he bought the record company, and then patented this process. Wow, Jeez. so it was kind of a cool deal. So him yeah. and my great uncle 
they got really tired of, you used to have to pump your gas, right? In these okay. big tanks. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they pump it up and you go all the way up and you get to 10 gallons and then it would flow out with gravity. Okay. And they said, well, why don't we just hook this up to a metering system and a pump? So they invented no way. the electric gas pump. This wow. is your grandpa? Yeah. The, same guy same that wrote guy this book that. and interviewed all these people and yep. had the foundry and did braille that. records and gas pumps. Yeah, just kind of cool, crazy stuff. Wow. And my father had a sunglass business, and then he had a structural steel, and then he made custom rail cars. And so but what he shared with me about custom rail cars became our custom fireplace model. So very similar model. So it's, it's in my blood to yeah. be doing these types of things. How cool. Yeah, great opportunity. Yeah. Do you have kids by chance? I have two daughters. Have they uh, They got the bug yet? Start their own so. business? Yeah. I think so. They're yeah. both studying business. My oldest is getting her MBA, and my youngest is a junior studying business as well. Well, good for them. Sounds like they're on the same track. Yeah. Yeah. They're cranking. They're doing so a lot better. So, do they have to them. work for five years someplace else before they come here? I don't think they're come here because oh, I think really? it's good for them and for all of us to do our own thing, mm. right? To inherit a business is pretty challenging. Mm. So, but to start your own or do something on your own is pretty unique. They've all worked here, they've all had internships. Okay. They've also been able to have that experience together, but they're smart. So now they're on to bigger things. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they, they passed me here. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I mean, they're definitely the, they um, were more mature than I was. You know, mm-hmm. at their age, and they're smarter, and they're on to bigger and better things. Well, good. Another thing you mentioned was you wanted to work directly, I believe, with the contractors or construction industry, right? And you got you bought this business back in mid nineties. Mm-hmm. So what was like two thousand eight nine like for you? Super challenging. You yeah. Know? So we had our direct model. We partnered with a lot of log home companies. From 2001 to 2007, we mm-hmm. built up and we had about 1,200 log home partners. And that we were able to, like if you were building a log home, your builder would recommend our product and or we may see you at a trade show uh, yeah. or we do direct marketing to consumers. Mm-hmm. And so that worked out really well until the recession, right? And that yeah. really stopped construction, especially log homes went to zero. We went from 1,200 log home partners to 10 in about six months. Wow. I mean, it went to zero. So we started answering the phone differently when architects would call and they would say, can you build this custom? Can you do this? And we started saying, yes, yes, we can do that. We've yeah. never done it before. Cause we'll up to that out. point, we just built all standards. We can figure it out because we're scrappy and we were really hungry. Right. Yeah. We, yeah. You know, yeah, so one of you. our core values today is we find yes, because that was a platform for us to really, and a paradigm shift for us to be able to go through and say, you bring us your idea, you bring us your dream and we'll get it done. So our mm-hmm. second core value is idea to done. So we take an end users or architects, we take your idea and we see it all the way through to done. Gotcha. Well, that's a good attitude, man. There's a, I don't know, in life, I feel like not only in your personal life, but in business, we're always coming across roadblocks, getting stuck in the quicksand. And uh, 2008 was it for you. And, but you found a way out. You know, right. and uh, kudos to you. Any any other, you know, hiccups along the way since the mid '90s of buying this company, and how have things gone since the purchase? Yeah, I mean, things overall have gone really well. I mean, every year it seems like there's different challenges, you know, that a mm-hmm. business faces. But it's interesting because it seems like every five to eight years we deal with something really big. So in 2015, I received a phone call on a Sunday morning that our building was burning to the ground. Oh, and I was gosh. like, whoa. So we drove up. I drove up here. Literally all the employees were out front at seven in the morning and we're just watching our building burn. And there's tears and people are crying. And I looked to our office manager. I said, well, at least we have our data backups. And she's like, oh, they were all in there. 
our H- oh, our IT no. guy was coming on Monday to make sure that we were doing it correctly. Oh man! But we had each other. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And that was the key thing with that moment is that we all had each other's back and we're all in this together. So we, I just said, let's get out of here. Let's not even look at this fire anymore. Mm-hmm. We all went to the Lake Cafe, which is just like a local cafe. It's a great place where we go. It's kind of like our second office here. Mm-hmm. And it's a part of community, right? That yeah. place mm-hmm. is filled with community. And so we're sitting there. And we come up with a plan. What are we going to do today? What are we going to do tomorrow? What are we going to do this week? Because we're going to build back and we're going to be bigger and we're going to be better. And the team just rallied. And I mean, when you see people dive in like this, because we didn't want to lose one employee. Mm. And we pushed and we worked through and it was so challenging because we needed to also connect not only with our employees, but their families and their spouses. Yeah. Because when you hear your business is burned to the ground, electrical fire again, yeah. no relation with our wood burning fireplace or anything Check. with a fireplace, right? <laughs> yeah. The team and the people building that back and working like we did around the clock, we had a hundred fireplaces on order. We were probably eight weeks behind in shipping because the demand was so high. Mm-hmm. We needed everybody on that team and everybody came through. And it was wow. one of the coolest experiences I've ever been through. And the people who have gone through that, and you look at us today and you connect, there's a certain level in our culture today of that grit, which mm. is really cool. Grit, yes. Oh, I feel today's generation, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably guilty of it too. Grit is becoming less and less prevalent in today's society for whatever reason, you know. Uh, everybody wants things right now. They want it, you know, two days shipping off of Amazon. They want it easy. They want the fast food. They don't want to work too hard. And if they come across an obstacle, they're like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. That's too hard. So, yeah, that, that's, that's great news that grit still exists today. And uh, what was that whole process like of having to rebuild after a place burns down completely and you had to deal with insurance companies, I'm sure, and business income insurance and, and finding a new place and new equipment and time is ticking and customers are waiting for their custom-built fireplaces. You know, can you talk a little bit more about what that whole ordeal totally. entailed to get you back up and running. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Without our insurance agent, Steve Holmquist, and his team, there's no way we would, would have been able to battle through like we did and how much they handled. I mean, we were on the phone with him every day for a year. A you year. Know, a year straight. And wow. he worked and we went through and the insurance company turned out to be just awesome and they were really good to us. We did have a couple areas where we were underinsured, but at the same time it all worked out. And it was really interesting because we broke it out into three different areas, but we really wanted to focus on our people and, and what they were going through. And then, you know, the other part of it is just the customers. We need, we reached out to, I mean, all of our customers almost every two weeks, gave them updates and status. And we only lost one out of a hundred fireplaces. And that was a bank. And they framed around where the fireplace is going. They may still add it because I told them, don't count us out, you know, <laughs> leave it there, you know, give me a shot, you know. So of the hundred that we had, 99, we did manufacture and ship. But it was so cool because talk about the community, the community and, and then that it's really what made the whole thing just happen. So when we were sitting in the Lake Cafe, the owner comes, and I've never really spoken with him before, and he mm-hmm. came up he came up to me and he said, are you guys, is that what happened? That building burned down? Are you mm-hmm. looking for an office space? Yeah. And I said, we are. And he goes, well, my brother-in-law 
owns the, uh, the office across the street. Would you want to talk with him? And I said, that would be great. Because there are three things we decided right away. We need an office, we need phones, we need computers. Because we got to right. be able to at least talk to people talk to people, and start rebuilding our systems. Right. And his brother-in-law came over, and we signed the lease within an hour. And then his brother-in-law oh, wow. says, are you, do you guys need phones? I'm with a phone company. i got a truck full of phones here. What? So he dropped all the lines. We had phones that afternoon. And then Mark, our IT person, showed up with about 10 computers because Missy called him and said, hey, we need some computers. He ran to Best Buy and got us all set up on a network that night. The following Monday, so the fire was on a Sunday morning, literally 24 to 26 hours later, we took an order for a $20,000 custom fireplace. That's amazing. Wow. We were, phones were working, computers were up. You know, we didn't have any data, right? So we asked customers, yeah. can you email me the quote? <laughs> <laughs> and there was a manual with that. Can you email that to us? Because we lost everything. And wow. so we had customers send that. And then by Wednesday, I had two friends that live in this area. They started making parts for us. And they oh. opened up their shops for us. So we were welding. We were making parts. And wow. literally all the welders, it was from their memory of these parts and these dimensions, we were actually, I mean, this is what we didn't even have blueprints yet. And they wow. were out there cutting oh parts, getting sealed deliveries. Just by memory. And by me, from memory. And they're handwriting, they've got, you know, their notes and they're handwriting everything down on how to make these different fireplaces. So we were making fireplaces by Wednesday. It's crazy. Wow. It's unheard of. And how yeah. fast everything went and how we started producing fireplaces and just how everybody worked together. So after that, we added one of our core values is we're family. Right, mm. which is not not something a lot of people they actually encourage you not to talk that way in your business. Mm -hmm. We do though. We're mm. family. We have each other's back, and that's the way that we operate as an organization. So everybody that's here, that's part of that's at AccuCraft, is part of our AccuCraft family, and we do really care that way about each other. Yeah, that's great. That's I think that's more common than you might believe. That a lot of the business owners that we interview think of their employees the same way. And, and they don't want to take any of the credit, man. They're just like, I can't do this on my own. It, it's, it's because of my people. And they care for them on another level than what you would anticipate. You know, they're not just a uh, clock puncher. Not just puncher. a number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they know about the family, their employees outside of work, and really care for them. So that's a great story, man. And, uh, you know, looking back on it now, besides taking your data backup uh, with you at the end of the night. <laughs> Any lessons learned from that situation? Yeah, what would you recommend to somebody that's like, I don't know, going through a world of adversity right now, like, you you know, not necessarily a fireplace, but what did you learn from that that you would recommend to other people? Boy, that's a great question. The majority of things that we are stressing about never happen. Right. Right. So 90% of what I worry about never happens. Mm -hmm. And it's great to be able to not have time to worry about things, just to act. When we were in that setting, we didn't have time to think about what we, you know, well, this could happen or that. We just acted. And I think it's really cool to look and say, okay, when, when something is causing pressure or weight or stress upon you, what is real? Right. And what are we actually fabricating or making ourselves? Because the majority of future what if scenarios, we connect with previous negative memories. So what mm. if we connected into a previous positive memory or just didn't connect it to a negative memory and just said, what if this works out great? Yeah. What if we defaulted right. to that? Right. Yeah. Because that's what we had to do in this whole experience because we could not let our 100 customers down. 
So we we didn't have an option. I mean, failure is not an option. We yeah. had to crank, and that was exciting. And then afterwards, it's like, gosh, 150 things could have gone wrong, and some did, but we didn't let it bother us. Mm-hmm. So it was, I think that was my takeaway from it, which I think was really a part of our culture today. True perseverance. Yeah, yeah. And you or came just, out you came out stronger because of it. It seems like oh, much. What doesn't yeah. kill you makes you stronger, right? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so how'd you find this location? Yeah, I mean, you're in a big building right now. That you just pop up on the market next week and you're like, oh yeah, that one will work. No, it's crazy. So I had like a person recommended it. I should come and take a look at it. And I'm I'm here looking at it and a, and a friend, board member, Chris Carlson, Sport Tech. Oh yeah. Called me and says, um, Chris, I found your building. I said, well, actually, I'm calling a broker right now. I found a building. And he goes, no, no, no. Hang <laughs> up the phone. I got your building. And I said, I'm in the parking lot right now. I want to see this building. And he and I were talking about the exact same, same building. building. And it was just such a what? God thing. It was so cool, you know, because we've been looking for months. Granted, we were in three different locations, you know, yeah. so we're hodgepodging and running yeah. parts and people back and forth. But we were both looking at the same building at the same time. Interesting. So it's really cool. Uh, okay. So I interviewed Sport Tech, yeah. uh, the new CEO over there, Jim. And uh, during that conversation... Same thing that this came up right now, man. So I call what you were experiencing, how, how you were talking to a broker and you're like, I'm going to look at this building. And, and Chris is like, no, I got your building. And yep. it's the same building, right? Yep. This reconfirmation that you're on the mm-hmm. right track, right? Raindrop, raindrops. I don't know if you've heard this analogy before, but so before it rains, right? You feel a little sprinkle on your skin, mm-hmm. right? you don't see the storm necessarily, but you know something's coming. It's it's affirmation. It's a positive feedback that you know what's around the corner. It's the it's the little raindrop that turns into the big raindrop, which turns into bigger raindrops. And you're like, man, it's a, it's a storm. It's for sure a storm, yeah. right? It's, it's a clue to me. What you experienced with Chris and finding this building, it's a clue that you're on the right track. It's reconfirming, yep, this is the building. You know what I mean? And th- th- those types of raindrop situations, uh, I think, happen throughout our lives. And we just don't recognize it so much. I, I just feel personally that's how the universe works. You know, it's like, uh, yep, I'm supposed to be here doing this. <laughs> I had a raindrop this today with you, man. Yep. Totally. Right? That exactly. book. You show me this book, Man of Minnesota. And uh, it reconfirms to me that the Minnesota Made podcast is on the right track. And he gave me a great idea. I mean, I might not be writing a book, but why not create a website? Where we can have a gala? Yeah. Gala? Yeah. Or, or a fancy dinner. I'll just stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But yeah, you know what I mean? Like there's these clues throughout life. It's like, hey man, you're on the right track. Right. This is the right move, you know? And look at what makes our state so amazing. Right, because in so many different ways, we have such a great education system. We have so many different businesses that are located here, and this is not an accident. This was there were a lot oh, yeah. of people that were involved in building this state the way it is, mm-hmm. right, and providing this quality of life that we have. Father Hennepin, with those state, all the parks that he built in Hennepin County. Yeah. Look at the Dayton family, McKnight's, and all that they did with all their donations to bring in the arts to bring in all these different businesses and how we've been funding schools and education over the years. I mean, it's unbelievable this state compared to any other. I've lived in yeah. many different areas in different states, and this is probably one of the finest areas to raise a family. Yes. yes. I, I must agree. agree. Yeah. 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 Yeah, my only beef on Minnesota is the winters are too long. Oh, that's great. And too cold. 
you. <laughs> but that's sure. what gives us grit, right? Yeah. Oh, so guess. when I come yeah, into work yeah, and our yeah. receptionist is out here shoveling snow, and I'm like, golly. <laughs> but that's grit. That's yeah. a Minnesotan. You don't yeah. see that in Florida. Heck no. You know? Yeah. No, they complain that it's too wusses. hot. Right. Bunch of wusses in Florida. Chris, you got a great story, man. So uh, let's, let's, I guess, focus a little bit on the business itself. What, what is it? Can you give me some examples maybe or some of the things that you guys have done in the past? I don't know if you can name names or what kind of uh, uh, fireplaces you make or sizes or uh, designs. or To me, you know, I see this stuff hanging on the wall. And it's everything from the... I don't know, really nice cabin on Cross Lake with a sweet double-sided wood fireplace to the extra fancy gas fireplace that you might see in a, like I said, like a fancy hotel or a upscale doctor's office type thing. A can little t- birdie told me that you can even do a Yellowstone fireplace from the TV show. Oh, yes. Like Kevin Costner yep. stands in front of. That's an inspiration drawing we've been receiving more and more with the, uh, from the TV bet. show, which is really cool. That is a sick <laughs> fireplace. I'm it is really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. It's massive. Yeah. And yeah. it's really cool looking. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we serve, we are able to serve a lot of different segments, you know, but one segment that I really think is really cool is like in Minnesota, we're, we have a wood burning group and we went up to a photo shoot up in Park Rapids and we asked them before we arrive, if you mind not burning the fireplace because we're going to put on different fronts and doors for the photo shoot and we arrived and the home is 40 degrees Hmm. Mm. and i'm like whoa you know a little chilly little chilly you know and they're like yeah you know and the wife's like we've been waiting for you because we need to get this fire going because they live in a neighborhood where they all have accucraft fireplaces and he has the longest record of not turning his furnace on in the winter Mm. So he burns wood all winter long, heating, you know, his yep. home, just like you grew up with, Jason. Yeah. And so he's at the <laughs> seven-year mark. So he was not going to turn on, oh. right, his Great. furnace. He's going to say, we're going to just, we're going to wait this out yep. when they come. And then, and so we started burning. But it was really neat just hearing their stories and how much they enjoy our fireplace. And that is not a monster cabin. That's not like a lake home. That was a nice and um, More modest. comfortable, modest home. Yeah, and yeah. so that was really cool that we're able to be a part of that and be able to see the impact that that fireplace has had. And, I mean, they've been burning that fireplace for 30 years now, right? Wow. So that's really cool that we're able so to see cool. that. Yeah. On the flip side... We're also able to work with some of these architects that come in with crazy designs. And we are not creative. Like, AccuCraft is not creative. We (laughs) take other people's ideas and we take them to done. Yeah. Right? So we do this through candy collaboration. It's a lot of... We find, yes, we got to figure out ways to make it. But when people bring to us crazy ideas like... I want to have a fireplace that makes ice. Mm. We're like, wow, what? that's cool. Let's do it. No, <laughs> we did. That's not real. What? Not real. What? That's real. real? A fireplace a fire- that makes ice. Fireplace. So it's a fireplace burner, <laughs> powers a Stirling engine that pops out ice cubes, right? And oh, the homeowner actually designed it. And of course, it's like a, you know, we've got to sign those uh, documents, non-disclosure. We can't oh, talk about names. Yeah. But I mean, being able to do all these different types of homes where these architects bring us these crazy projects, which is really fun. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Fire and ice. Fire and ice. Yeah. And the outdoor ones look really cool, too. I, you know, we just interviewed somebody last week that does a backyard landscaping renovation type projects, elaborate ones. And a lot of their designs have these beautiful fireplaces outside. And you guys do that, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And those outdoor landscape architects 
man, they've got great ideas and they've, you know, and they're able to now do some really cool things outside with like, a lot of products are now focusing oh, yeah. on that outdoor. Yeah. I mean, it's really neat. So we can really, I mean, you're doubling your living space oh, yeah. by putting those cool outdoor settings out there. So yeah, they're really yeah. cool. And I love being able to work with those architects because for us, that's how we receive our input and our designs and ideas. It's all from other people, yeah. right? So then we're able to start, to, we'll take those and then we market them. And that's how nice. we're able to get an uncatchable lead. Okay. Right? Because okay. other manufacturers, there's three or four steps of distribution. So it's a manufacturer to a distributor, to a dealer, to an end user. Sometimes okay. there's a builder in the middle. Mm -hmm. For us, it's direct to the consumer or direct to the architect. Huh. So we know exactly what trends or what they're looking for. And we, I mean, like you're talking about the outdoor and then other trends that you're seeing. I mean, we get that. We, we see those so early on. So we could be possibly 12 to... 18 months ahead of any other manufacturer. Nice. So that's when we have that uncatchable lead. We love yeah. being in front. Good, mm. good. Any big plans for the future for AccuCraft? Are you looking to get more into the fireplaces that make ice or anything like that? <laughs> Are you hiring? <laughs> we are hiring and we're just, you know, and, and we're very selective. We're looking for some great people. Um, you know, we've been really blessed because so many of our employees come to us from employee referrals which is really neat. So in the community, they're able to bring in other people that, that they know. Um, we are looking for, you know, welders. Um, and we are looking right, right now for a strong purchasing person to help us with the supply chain okay. issues. You yeah. know, I don't know if you heard about kind of what's going on. <laughs> Some of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chink in the link there. <laughs> yeah. But the future for AccuCraft, it's yeah. really trying to connect even more with our customers, offer a broader reach, and be able to make products, I think, in, a, in just a cooler, leaner way that they are able to receive the design and be able to receive some more potential um, ideas from us, mm -hmm. right? So we're able to do more of that candid collaboration mm -hmm. because of everything that we've learned and everything we are learning along the way. Just be able to share more of a portfolio with our customers, I think, is really cool. From a product standpoint, the wood-burning resurgence is really cool. You know, so you've definitely seen an uptick in those people that want to burn wood. We cannot keep up with the demand today. Really? It is wow. just been When did wonderful. this take place? Like, can you, can you mark it on the calendar sometime? I mean, best guess on when you're... Wood burning is the hot new trend type thing? Yeah. I mean, it was probably when... Because like I would say last spring through COVID and then through middle of the summer is when we started seeing it picking back up where people wanted to reconnect with wood burning, with the homes they're building, because we have an exodus, right, from the cities mm -hmm. going into more of the mm -hmm. mountainous areas. It's the mm -hmm. race for space. So they're getting out. They're looking for be more in the middle of, like, Colorado, Montana, and those people are looking to reconnect with wood. You know, back to their uh, childhood and other experiences. Well, yeah, if you have a big log cabin or you're little, living in the middle of the mountains, you don't want gas. Right. You want that true, authentic experience. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, I live in town and sometimes, you know, I don't know if it's due to COVID and being quarantined and gym shutting down. And you can't go out to eat and you're being having to be a little more secluded yourself, a little more self-sufficient. I have to cook more meals. I learned how to cut my own hair, man. <laughs> 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 well, the barbers were shut down, right? Right. right. Yeah. 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 Jumped on Amazon and ordered a $70 clipper and let her rip. <laughs> there you go. Not bad. Looks great. Uh, you've seen a professional. No. No. You, that's really yeah, That's me, man. Oh, wow. Impressive. He's still doing it. <laughs> so it's it. a backup skill. If the podcast yeah, yeah. thing doesn't work for you, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you ready Barbershop. Barbershop. Yeah. Minnesota made haircuts. 
right? Um, but part of that whole COVID shutdown thing, it, you know, it made me, I guess, not only more secluded, but uh, it made me uh, a little more self-sufficient with different areas of my life. And now, I mean, the thought of, you know, selling it all, selling my lake house, buying 20 acres and getting the chickens and the goats and the, growing a garden and burning, burning wood. And yeah. that, I mean... Doesn't it sound actually, half bad. Yeah, it enters my mind. It's like not a bad life, you know? You don't have to depend on anybody. And imagine if you were living in an apartment through all this. Right. Right. And just the claustrophobia you must have felt through that to be oh. like, I need to get out of here. And to yeah. find out that you can live and work from anywhere. Yeah. Pretty cool. True. Right. We went through five years of change in five months. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty neat. That's true. Well said. All right, Chris. So if somebody wants to find out more about AccuCraft and the sweet sweet fireplaces you guys can build. What's the best way of getting a hold of you? Well, they can call us directly here at AccuCraft, or I would say just send an info to at AccuCraft.com email, and we jump on those right away. And this phone number here, that's the main office number. 763-263-3156. And it's www.accuacu.com. Correct. So Roger, the engineer, was a genius. He spelled accurate with one C. Mm. So accurate craftsmanship, when he brought it together, only had one C, A-C-U-C-R-A-F-T. Okay. So he's wow. a great engineer, not so strong at spelling, <laughs> but it's why. worked out really well for like SEO and other things because yeah. there's not a lot of companies with one C <laughs> yeah. and accurate. Yeah. You know? It works. It works. Yeah. It's worked there out great. You, go. you know? Yeah. I, I picture I don't see him at the gala. No? The, ga- the gala? Gala. Gala. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get it. Oh, yeah. All right. All right Chris. Maybe by the time we have one, right? Oh, yeah. Totally. He'll be, he'll be my plus one. I'll bring it. <laughs> if I'm invited. Yeah. I don't oh, mean to be sure. so presumptuous. Sure. I'm sorry. sorry. I just no, get excited. Yeah. No. I deserve it. It's my Annadale education coming out. All right, Chris Maxson, CEO of AccuCraft Fireplace Systems. I really appreciate your time, Chris. You got a great story, and I hope the best for you. Thank you very much, Jason. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Chris. That's it, guys. If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota. Minnesota.